Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that, for today at least, is big on sharing. Yep, in this episode, we're looking at shared ownership and asking, is it the answer for cash-strapped buyers when help to buy starts to wind down? What it is, is an option to buy a house at 50% of its open market value. So it's a route to home ownership for people who can't quite afford to buy unassisted on the open market. And if it is what buyers want, Will there be the homes for them to buy? I think it wouldn't be totally unreasonable to expect the shared ownership market as a whole to, if not double in size, but come pretty close to that in the next five years. I'm Guy Ruddle, and with me are three people who, if they can't answer those and other questions, we are in serious trouble. Helen Collins heads up Savile's housing team. They work with housing associations and local authorities. Helen, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Guy. Uh, Piers de Winton is a director in the Residential Capital Markets team. That means they work with institutional investors. Piers, welcome to you. Hello, Guy. And Lawrence Bowles is uh, a senior research analyst. He's the man behind the spotlight on Shared Ownership Report, and he's no stranger to the Real Estate Insight podcast. Can we start this with talking about shared ownership? I don't know who wants to take on this challenge, but what is shared ownership and how does it work? I'll I'll start there, Guy. So I um, started selling shared ownership very early in my career. So shared ownership's been with us as a form of housing for over 30 years. What it is, is an option to buy a house at 50% of its open market value. So it's a route to home ownership for people who can't quite afford through income and savings for a deposit to buy unassisted on the open market. You can raise a mortgage for 50% or slightly less of the property value and you need a smaller deposit and yet you have security of tenure and you're in the market. But who owns the other 50%? That's generally, uh, traditionally, been a housing association who is the developer of the home and owns the freehold and the share that you don't buy. Um, And they sit in the background, they let you live your life, you do your own thing, and you pay them a rent on the share that they own. Right, so you end up paying, you have a smaller deposit, you end up uh, paying your mortgage on on, on the bit you own and rent on the rest. That's right. So how does it, Lawrence, in, in your research, how does it work in terms of, how does it compare with other types of ownership? So we've done a lot of cash flow modelling on on comparing shared ownership to traditional full ownership and indeed to uh, other tenures such as renting in the private sector or, or using schemes that just help to buy. And we found that for the same property with the same deposit, uh, the monthly costs of 50% shared ownership um, are 27% less than for full ownership. They're considerably less than privately renting. And then they're pretty much in line with the monthly costs you would face if you were buying through help to buy. So in that sense, it's it's improving access to home ownership for people on lower incomes with low deposit uh, availability. Um, while having a very similar cost profile to some schemes that are already familiar to us in the market. And of course, uh, help to buy is, <laughs> if we're going to be saying goodbye to help to buy uh, soon, you know, from 2021, it starts to disappear. And by 2023, it's gone completely. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. So from 2021, we see those changes where, um, first of all, there's a, a regional price cap. Um, applied so rather than that sort of flat uh, price cap across the country Um, and it's restricted to first-time buyers um, so we don't see home movers using the scheme as frequently. Um, We don't think that those restrictions will have a significant impact. We don't think the people who will be cut out of help to buy at that stage will move to uh, shared ownership particularly. The real change comes in 2023 
when those buyers who have no other way of affording home ownership uh, other than with support will have to find an alternative and shared ownership there is waiting to fill that gap. And Piers, we'll, we'll come to you to, to your side of things, which is more the provision of these houses than than uh, than, than the than the buyer side. But just before that, Helen, one final thought on that. Lawrence talking about first-time buyers. Is this is this shared ownership thing for first-time buyers, basically? Do you know it's for all sorts of people? It really is providing an option for people that are coming out of maybe a relationship breakdown. So perhaps the marital home's been sold and an individual has access to some capital but might not be earning that much um, to take on a large mortgage, but they can put their capital into a shared ownership home. Um, It's also increasingly being taken up by older people who are looking to downsize and release some of the capital from the family home, move into a a smaller property, a shared ownership property, put some money in the bank to enjoy themselves with as well as your traditional first-time buyers. And although it's taken 30 years to build up the 200,000-odd homes that are are available in the market now on shared ownership, because it's getting to more of a critical mass, we are seeing more liquidity in that market. We're seeing more people move from a shared ownership first-time buyer house into a second-time mover house. So young couple, starting a family, uh, moving up into a bigger property. So it's tapping all segments of the market. So that's is interesting what Helen said there because I think that it, to me quite surprising that the idea that the this it seems like a pretty good idea and there are only two hundred thousand homes in that right now is it it's not a big not a big chunk of the market yet is it. No, it's it's not a big chunk of the market, but it is it is growing, and I think that's for uh, for a couple of reasons, really. Well, a number of reasons. Uh, firstly, the demand from uh, from budding homeowners is is certainly there from a, from an affordability perspective. That they're, they're, they're struggling to buy 100% of a house, so uh, the option of buying, say, 50% of a house is 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 attractive and affordable for them relative to the other options on the market. Uh, and secondly, the supply of these houses is uh, is growing as well. So, uh, unsurprisingly, house builders have cottoned on to the fact that uh, there is a ready available market there for selling houses on a uh, on a shared ownership lease basis, uh, and that's an attractive proposal for them. Um, and thirdly, there's, there's there's been support from the government as well. Right. So specifically for this side of things, so obviously there's been support in help to buy. How's the government supported shared ownership? Uh, it's it's supported it from from two reasons really. Firstly, from a the, from the supply perspective, from the supply of properties, assisting um, with with grant packages, but also in helping the uh, the institutions, the pension funds, and the housing associations who uh, who we have to remember taking a step back here that for every home that's sold on a shared ownership lease basis, there has to be an equivalent uh, equity provider or capital provider on the other side to to acquire the half of the property that that, that shared owners aren't uh, can't afford to buy. Um, so they've been helping them through uh, grant measures, uh, which mean that the the yield profile for shared ownership leases as a, as an investment pr- proposition is 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 attractive. Is there a possibility? and a way, I guess, for this to become really su- significant and substantially different in terms of the amount of property that, that we're talking about? I think we're at a tipping point in the market. So in a way, shared ownership has been you know, one of the best kept secrets of, uh, of home ownership options for a, a long, long time. And that's 
been because the the amount of funding that government has been able to make available to support housing associations and other investors build the stuff has been highly constrained. Um, with more government funding availability, um, then there is more scope to do this. And we can see that the take-up of Help to Buy is helping 15,000 households each year. I think that's right, Lawrence. So it's, it's helping 15,000 households who could not otherwise have afforded to buy anything without without that support. And in addition, around 11, 12,000 households every year are buying through shared ownership, backed by government support. So there's 35, you know, 25,000 households each year there already. Um, but if you look at the wider market, there are four and a half million people living in the private rented sector. And, you know, a proportion of those folks won't be able to buy on the open market. Once you raise awareness levels of shared ownership, the market could get significantly bigger. So we need a combination of things to come together here. The interest from the institutions to get in and support housing associations, you know, new market entrants wanting to come and provide shared ownership homes is there. There's huge appetite for it. The um, the government funding landscape is better um, and public awareness needs to be raised so that you can bring those three things together. But we need um, we need government support ongoing to help unlock land for new development for shared ownership. So yeah, uh, uh, sort of slightly sighing at the at the government, you know, the government support thing because if you you and peers work closely together on this, right? You're working with the with the housing associations and, and the like. You're working with institutional investors who've got money and want to invest it. it's a good investment right it's a good solid return yeah i mean shared ownership leases are uh, you know it's exactly what those long long term uh, pension fund insurers uh, are looking for it's uh, what they want is it's very boring it's very dry it's very vanilla um, and and shared ownership leases offer that it's a 125 year lease yeah, they're full repairing insuring leases uh, and they're index linked as well so it's exactly what they're looking for so why not just ch- cut the government out of this get your your friends in the housing associations helen to talk to your friends peers and and you know you don't need the government if it's if it's commercially viable and there's a demand it's, it, it, i don't understand the the the, the, the need for the middleman the the the, gov- the grant that the government provides helps to make it a viable investment uh, proposition. Uh, so what it means is that the 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 net yield that institutions require uh, is achievable with the government grant in place. What what the institu- institutions require is scale, uh, and to get that scale, we need the government grant there. Can I go back a little bit? to the buyer now because I think we've sort of established that there's you know the, there is a market and with the right funding and the right priming from government and you know and, and the private sector c- can all work together and provide it um th- there's there's no you know the, the, there's nothing that doesn't have a caveat emptor about it somewhere along the line and and you know there are areas where people are critical about of, of this the the first is you know, it's not very flexible. Once you're in, you're in, and 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 traditionally, it's been hard to, to, to you know, to, there hasn't been much of a second hand market for for this sort of property. Is is that still a problem? At the risk of spoiling my Savile standout stat. Um, oh, good. He's already predicting this. Oh, excellent. We've, like we've, we've, we've listened to this podcast before. We know what's coming. Um, but the secondhand market for shared ownership is definitely increasing. I mean, just before we came in here, we were talking about a case study of somebody we're working with who's who's bought. Shared ownership secondhand. That's something we're seeing increasingly, um, and you know, similarly, you know, we're seeing more familiarity from the mortgage lenders with regards to shared ownership. There's more mortgages available than there were previously, so it's, it is a maturing market in that sense. Um, 
in terms of flexibility, it is uh, you know once we get overcome those particular barriers, it's no less inf- it's no less inflexible than just regular home ownership. And um, you ha- is there a danger? Okay, so I'll, I'll I'll buy that, Helen. Is there a danger that you end up in that sort of the same problems you sometimes have with landlords when you're renting? Of you know you get stuck with a bunch of repair bills or or service charges and all that sort of stuff, which you know and you you own half the thing and you still got all the downsides of renting. Yeah, it's it's not a perfect product, and there's been quite a lot of criticism levelled at the shared ownership model in the past in the fact that you might only own half the property, as you say, and yet you're completely liable. For for um, the, the upkeep and the repairs and maintenance of it. It is a, it's a home ownership product and that's the psychology of the product. And, you know, the option is there to own, uh, to buy more shares in the property over time so that you own it outright. Um, so, you know, is that right or wrong? I think, I think that's a debate and it's a live debate. Um, the National Housing Federation is doing some work with housing associations around, you know, how shared ownership is provided and whether alternative models where perhaps some landlords might take a little bit more uh, weight on the repair side so that it feels more equitable. So that is a conversation that's been going on for some time and will continue. But it isn't a perfect product. Uh, so as Lawrence already uh, has sort of trailed, we'll, we'll come to the Savile Standard statistic in a minute. Um, I love the Savile Standard statistic. I'm sorry, you have to do it. But before that, I'm going to try something. And I I know you haven't been warned about this. And it's only just popped into my head. But I want to try and get a sense of where this market can go. So currently... 200,000 homes in the UK uh, are, are, are shared ownership homes, right? So can you all give me a guess or an estimate, let's not guess, of what that could possibly be in, say, five years' time? Uh, who wants to? Everyone's looking at everyone well, else. <laughs> as as the researcher, I, I sort of take the first bite here because I've got. Uh, you know, this is the sort of thing we do. This is our bread and butter forecasting things. Um, I think it wouldn't be totally unreasonable to expect the shared ownership market as a whole to to uh, if not complete, if not double in size, but come pretty close to that in the next five years. And I think that's 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 because partly because we've seen increased availability of grant funding, we're seeing more developer uh, development of shared ownership. We're seeing more house builders realise our sales rates are slowing. We should maybe think about alternative routes to market and being a bit more flexible with that. And um, but also because we've started to see. Um, not just new development of shared ownership, but but investors looking at secondhand properties and taking you know home aspiring homeowners and offering to say, well, here's here's a existing terrace on a, a street where you'd like to buy. We'll buy fifty percent for you, and you can rent pay the the shared ownership rent on that. So I think through that agglomeration of secondhand stock as well, we could see an increasing supply through that. So the gold pairs. Well, without without sitting on the fence, I, I I slightly agree with with that. I think mo- the most of the the growth will be um, will be after twenty twenty three, but certainly in the meantime, I think Lawrence is right. The 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 key point now is the new supply of shared ownership properties coming forward, and and certainly as I alluded to earlier, the house builders are certainly aware of that now, and I would wouldn't be at all surprised if there's significant growth in that over the coming two or three years. And Helen, you were nodding as well. So are we are we unanimous? I'm sorry to be boring. I think we are unanimous. Yeah, doubling in size. <laughs> so we're saying, okay, double the size in, in five years' time, and I don't know, double again in, in, in 10 years' time. Maybe. Who knows? That's my own, that's my own guess, and what do I know? Right. Savile Standout Statistic. Now, you have been warned about this. So this is a little sort of thought that makes people go, ooh, blimey. That's, you know, a, a new angle on on it. Um, 
Lawrence, you you sort of traditionally go first on this because you're the you're the as you say you're the you're the researcher, the analyst, or whatever. So we'll we'll give you your traditional role. What have you already blown your Savile standout stat? Unfortunately, I managed to pick up another one while we were chatting, so that's all right. Um, we were talking about the the maturity of shared ownership, the flexibility, and the ability to sell sell on. Um, We've taken a look at uh, right move listings and just given an indication of where the market is in terms of secondhand uh, listings and sales and so on. The number of listings for secondhand shared ownership properties on right move has increased by 69% over the last eight years. So we are really seeing a, a pretty significant increase in, in that flexibility in that market. Here's what's your Savile stat. That's good, by the way, Lawrence. That's a, that's a, not, not that it's a competition, but, you know. What's so, so mine is linked to the relationship between help to buy and, uh, and shared ownership and the government assistance we were talking about before. Um, and mine is that if five billion or half of the remaining government funding for the help to buy programme was allocated to shared ownership, it would deliver 150,000 homes for ownership, whereas the equivalent for help to buy is approximately 90,000 homes. Wow. Helen? So um, last year, 11,000 people bought a home on shared ownership. Post-2023, that could rise to twenty-five to £30,000 30, homes per annum. Wow. Amazing. It never fails to deliver, the standout statistic. It never fails to deliver. Um, that's it for this episode of Real Estate Insights. Thank you all very much for being here. Lawrence is, a, I'd say, a regular. It's the first time you two. Did you enjoy it? Have you had fun being here? Wonderful guy. <laughs> oh, my. Anyway, um, if all that's done is left you wanting more and you want a bit more detail, well, you can find it. Uh, you can find Lawrence's uh, report, the Spotlight on Shared Ownership report on the Savills, on the research section of the Savills website, Savills.com co.uk i'll say that again savills.co.uk research and if you aren't already a subscriber to real estate insights then please feel free to become one using your usual podcast provider it's not just future episodes you can go backwards to podcasts about all sorts of things actually from uh, what workers really want out of their office space which is one we did a few weeks ago and to how london is playing catch up with cambridge on attractive life sciences companies which is uh, a fresh one in the meantime thank you very much for listening see you next time This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.